So on um, Tuesday, we got an email saying that the pastor had COVID. And I wrote back and I said, whatever I can do to help out, let me know. On Wednesday, he sent an email and he says, you're teaching. Now, sermon prep takes some time. You know, it's, it's, it's not just boom, sit down, write out your thoughts and go, at least for me. Um, so I want you to know that I plagiarized a bunch of stuff to put this together from a book called Matthew, uh, one called Mark, one called First Peter. I'm sure you've, you've heard of those. Um, but I want to start today in Matthew 28, verse 19. It's on page, I wrote it down, 1521, I think, in your pew Bible. Um, this is Jesus talking to his disciples just before he ascended into heaven. And he gave us marching orders for generations of Christians, the Christians then, Christians now. And he said, Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of this age. Let's pray. Father God, we just ask that you help us out here today that uh, you guide our hearts through the power of your Holy Spirit, that the things that are said here are from you, and that we, we would take these things to heart, Lord, and examine ourselves and see what our job is in obeying this command. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, a lot of us have taken these simple instructions. It's known as the Great Commission. And we've made them difficult. We've made it hard. Uh, we've made it intimidating. We've made it undoable. It's not my gift. I can't do that. The reality is, is that God empowers each and every one of us to share his story. And whether you regularly share your faith with others or have always found reasons not to, what we're talking about today is getting back to basics and how we share the gospel. A few hints on what we need to do. Um, maybe you're afraid because you don't know what to say or maybe um, you're sharing the gospel but nobody cares. Um, Nobody's giving their life to Christ. Maybe you're wondering what you're doing wrong. One of the first things to understand is you can't open someone's heart to Christ. That has to be done through the power of the Holy Spirit. Our job is not to save people. We can't do it. Our job is to point to the truth. <clears throat> And let God do the rest. 
And that takes a lot of pressure off, right? All I got to do is talk. It's God's job to do everything else. And a lot of us, we feel unqualified. How possibly could me with my background, me with the things I've done, ever stand up and say, God loves you? How could we do it? Well, consider that God used some not so nice people all the way through the Bible. All the way through. These people could come in at their worst to our church today and we'd look at them and say, I don't think you belong here. They're pretty bad. Consider that Jacob was a cheater. He cheated his brother out of the birthright. Peter had a temper. He could go off in a moment and just really let it go. David had an affair and then arranged to have the husband of the woman that he had the affair with killed in battle. And yet, did God use him? Absolutely. Jonah ran away from God. Paul imprisoned people and participated in the murder of some of those people. Gideon was insecure. Miriam was a gossiper. Thomas doubted everything. Sarah was impatient. Mary Magdalene was, I shouldn't use that word. Uh, She was a lady of the evening. Let me put it that way. Moses stuttered. Zacchaeus was short. Abraham was old. And if you think that's not enough, Lazarus was dead. And God brought him back to life and used him. We may have all fit in one of those categories. But God still uses us and still wants us to share his word. Share the good news about him. I believe God used those people as examples for us so we wouldn't have an excuse. I can't do it because I'm a drunk. True story, my stepdad was a drunk. And he'd sit in the bar and tell people about Jesus, drunk off his butt. I don't know if anything ever came of it, but somehow God used him. We don't need to worry about our failings. God will use us. We don't need to worry about, uh, I'm just not equipped to do this. Because as the old saying goes, God does not call the equipped, he equips the called. God's going to give you what you need at the right time. And as Christians, we're all called to share the gospel. Now that passage in Matthew says, to the whole world. And we say, well... I'm not a missionary. I'm not going anywhere. It's an old saying that says, bloom where you're planted. 
We share the gospel with those around us. And it spreads from there. Jesus gave us great encouragement about if we're not sure what to say or do. He says, do not be anxious about how you should defend yourself or what you should say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you at that very hour what you ought to say. We have that confidence. My nephew was a missionary for 10 years. Toughest missionary job you can imagine. My nephew is six foot five, a tall man. He, he was a missionary to India, a land of people that tend to be a little bit shorter. He was a missionary to the Muslim population. Now talk about picking a hard job, but he did it. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a missionary. You have to be you. Because the elements of your life are going to touch someone else's life. You know, the, the main thing is keep your eyes open for people you can talk to and listen to. For ways you can connect the conversation to Christ. Uh, you know, get a hold of a family member. Uh, use social media. One lady I know was, uh, the Holy Spirit told her, talk to, the, to your niece, talk to your niece, talk to your niece. And she kept saying no. And finally one day it was too much and she said yes. Because the niece was a little bit of a hard person. Rude, unconscionable, all that. Because of that conversation, because she was not afraid to talk to her eventually, that woman is now a woman of God. That niece is, is a strong Christian. Let a coworker or a neighbor know you're praying for him or her. Take dinner to a neighbor in need. By the way, Mike is home. Just want to throw that out there. Um, don't say I don't tell him I mentioned him in the service today. Um, be intentional about forming relationships with people around you. Cashiers always say, how you doing today? And I always tell them I'm just a few days shy of paradise. You know, just to try to open some kind of conversation. As you share with people, remember who you're talking to and use language they will understand. The Christianese we often use in church might seem like a doctor explaining a technical medical problem to another doctor to a person who doesn't know anything about Christ. Use simple language. Stick to phrases you can use from the Bible. Jesus used stories called parables, had a powerful effect based on things people of his time and audience could understand. He told these stories to help explain the kingdom of God. 
We've all got a few parables we can tell about our own lives, about situations. When you're talking to people, your friends or loved ones, they may look at you like, oh, I don't understand. Pick up on those clues if you can. My dog used to look at me when I was telling him something to do. And he'd just look at me and then he'd turn his head and kind of look up and oh, he wasn't getting it. People give off clues like that as well. And feel free to ask people if they understand what you're saying. It's all part of sharing the gospel. What are the most important things we can do as Christians to share the gospel? Live a life that reflects your faith in Jesus Christ. Display Christ in your life to people around you, to people you come in contact with. One of my favorite songs by a man named Bruce Carroll, kind of a country western twang to his music. And the song tells a story of a man who was influenced by his, his neighbor's Christian actions and the man eventually came to Christ. And the chorus goes, I would rather see a sermon than hear one any day. I would rather someone walk with me than merely showed the way. Come alongside people and help them out. That's what these Christians are called to do anyway. To give of ourselves to whoever needs. James put it this way, James 2.15, if a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does that profit? Demonstrate Christ in your life. First Peter 3.15 puts it this way, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord is holy. Always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, and yet do it with gentleness and respect. People seldom come to Christ through arguments and oral dissertations and, and you know, getting on somebody's case about what they do. Instead, they're won over by loving what people whom Christ lives in really do in their actions. What people do to come alongside other people. Live that godly life. Show those you're close to that you care. Spend time with them. Help meet their needs. And offer to listen if they have problems. And I know how it can get. Some people just want to talk and 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 then talk a few more times and never really get to the issue they're talking about. I've got a neighbor like that. Just wants to talk. Spend time with people. Answer their questions if you can. 
And if you can't answer their questions, say, I'll get back to you on that. Let me call my pastor and talk to him. Let me call George and talk to him. I didn't say, what's George? So just, you know, pick one. Make a habit of Bible study. Praying and going to church. I mean, these are not done for attention, but these things are done to build us up, to make us strong in the Lord, to have that sense of community, to be a part of something larger than ourselves, and to use the power of people coming together to do the things that need to be done to help others. Like Diane and her Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Gathering, so to speak. Grow in your faith. If you're passionate about Christ, I got to stop doing that, sorry. If you're passionate about Christ, people will see that there's something different about you. And they will say, I want that. I want that peace in my life. Look at all the trouble they're going through. Yet, they have peace. And that's what people want. You can be the evidence of God's love in people's lives if you just live out that Christian faith. Pray for open hearts and open doors. How many times have you wanted to talk to somebody about God and decide maybe not and all this, but you never prayed about it? Be in constant prayer about people or uh, situations that come in front of you. Cashier tells me she's having a tough day. I'll pray for you. And can you believe the look they give you? Some say thank you, I need it. We shop at the same store all the time. I see those cashiers all the time. I've never had one say, there goes the God man. Pray for opportunities to share, for open hearts. And then be prepared to tell your story. Romans 10, 13 and 14 says this. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone speaking or preaching? Tell your story. When you share the gospel, think about the things God has done in your own life. No matter how your life may seem, you have a story to tell. From an ordinary, mundane, do-nothing kind of life to an adventurous, exciting, I climbed Mount Everest type of life. 
All of our lives will fit something into someone else's life. And all of our stories about God doing something in our lives will affect someone else. Jesus used parables. I've used illustrations about my construction life, fly fishing, pets, family, apple trees. So here's what you might consider doing to prepare to share the gospel. Write down a few facts about your life. What was your life like before Christ? How has life changed since you came to him? Maybe you were one of those people who was brought up in a church and have always known God. Maybe write about the roads you didn't take because of your faith. And it's really okay if you stumbled in the past. We all do. Everybody in here, raise your hand if you're perfect. Perfect. Nobody is. But your imperfect story can tell, help other imperfect people. And that's an awesome thing. Keeps your facts short. I taught a class one time where I started people writing a one-minute testimony. The next weekend, I told them two minutes. The next week, I told them three minutes. When we got to an hour, I said, stop, that's enough. That's a joke, by the way. You only have a few minutes of opportunity. Be realistic. Keep it honest. If you've never headed off to the moon, don't tell people about your Apollo 13 trip. Okay? That's not a good idea. Just the facts of your life. And how Jesus has changed it. Then the hardest thing is figuring out how to tell people about their separation from God. I use my hands. There's this gulf between us. God's on one side, you're on the other. You can't get to the other side. I'm pretty good with my hands with stuff like that. Draw a little picture. Talk about the cross that bridges that gulf and brings you into his kingdom. Jesus Christ paid the penalty for our sins. Every one of us. Every one of us. No matter if we're a David or a Martha or a Louise or a Fred or whatever. Jesus Christ paid the price. 
and through our belief in, in, in his action, through our demonstrating through our actions, other people can be saved from eternal punishment. So don't be afraid to go out. Don't be afraid to spend a little time in the Bible. John 1.12 says this, But all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. The right, not a privilege. Not like driving is a privilege if you pass a test, but a right. Romans 10.13, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We get a little scared doing this kind of stuff. What am I going to say? What's going to happen? I don't want to do this alone. If we go back to the first verse I mentioned, Matthew 28, 20, Jesus told us this, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Think about having that opportunity to share the gospel. You might be a little hesitant, but then imagine Jesus Christ is standing next to you. He is with us. What are you going to do then? He'll give us the power. He'll give us the words to say. God will help us out. And be encouraged in that. Memorize a couple of verses. And I'll end with this. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And John 3, 18, he who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. Keep it fresh. Don't be afraid to talk to people. That's our main job as Christians. We may be gifted in other areas. Some people are, are, you know, medical people that are gifted in that. Some people are, are construction people. They're gifted in that. Some people are business people and they're gifted in that. But all of us, all of us are gifted in sharing our lives.